In fact, did you know that there's a uh, part of your face that's known as the triangle of death? No. <laughs> yeah, dude. It, I'm, I'm dead serious. Look it up. It's um, I think it's the triangle of death. It's around your nose. If you like mm-hmm. have a pimple, you're not supposed to pop it because it, it can actually like cause like a uh, that's so close to your sinuses and your brain mm-hmm. that the bacteria could get pushed in and actually like cause like a brain infection. Damn. Yeah, it's crazy. And what's really horrifying about that is. I've popped many a pimple as a teenager. You know what I mean? So it's just yeah. like, yeah, oh that's shit, that's pretty dangerous. That's something you're really not supposed to do, you know? That would definitely put a blemish on your life. Yeah. <laughs> a blemish. A blemish. <laughs> That'd put an abscess on your life. <laughs> abscess of life. That sounds like a freaking all, uh, <laughs> all abscess pass. All abscess. accelerated thrust i'm dan and i'm eric and today we're going to um continue talking uh about stuff yeah just when you thought it was over and just when you thought it was over yeah yeah we're back ladies and gentlemen (laughs) it's uh it's been three weeks of abscesses and assault and allegations and, you know, all kinds wow. of all sorts of alliteration, really. Yeah, all sorts of alliteration and literature and whatever. Yeah. Hey, uh, Eric, hey, I, yeah. I saw that our uh, good friend Brooks Strauss is no longer an Iowan. True. He moved away. Yeah. He moved to, he's now a Michigan. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't that- know what I did, but I have driven all of my friends out of <laughs> Iowa City. <laughs> you really? You, I'm the only one left. <laughs> you think it's because of you? Well, I mean, I am. I'm the connecting element in everything in my life. See? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard not to uh, think it has to do with you, even though it clearly doesn't logically. I, I mean, you're the the common denominator in every aspect of your own life it's just the way it is so if you think you're the problem that really is the only thing that makes sense even though logically you know it's not true you know sure so yeah, yeah the short answer is yeah it was me <laughs> it was all you you're you're the one who said <laughs> i was the one that was like i'm staying do whatever the hell you want <laughs> that's what i said to all of them you're all <laughs> you like put your fist up yeah just like yeah. no. Nope. I'm staying here, man. Iowa City, Iowa, Iowa till the end. Right. Yeah. And I was, I was like one of those people uh, camped out in their houses that's obviously going to get flooded or blown up or burned. (laughs) So I'm just too old to change now. (laughs) You know, that's going to have to die in this city. (laughs) That, that, that sounds brutal, Eric. Yeah. Your life is brutal, man. Like that, um, like that Wicker Man movie. You know the Whitaker Man. The Whitaker Man. 
god. Yeah, I did watch the uh, Ninja Turtles movie. Oh yeah, I saw your review on the social media. Yeah, it sounded like it was a mixed reaction. Yeah, it was a mixed reaction. It's it's one I, I like the I like the animation a lot, uh, but I just didn't like the um, storyline and I didn't like mm. the characters very. Certain characters I did not like, but you but know that's like my take on life, really. Exactly. <laughs> the animation's it's, okay. The, Some of the characters the, the, suck. Actually, I'll say the, the animation rule. The animation was yeah actually exceptional. I mean, it was just like an end of the spider verse, you know. Right. But um, into the spider verse, this was not. This was much less like into the spider land. Hmm. You know the oh yeah slint yeah yeah slint yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I, I like, I like that Slim album. Yeah, it's a, a, it's a good record. It seems, mm-hmm. uh, it seems to be one of the most beloved albums of all time. It seems. It does seem that way. Yeah. It's like one of those records that it's like everyone loved it, but then all of a sudden everyone was like, "Hey, do you love this album?" And then everyone was like, "Yes, we all love this album." And then it's, you know, accepted that it's amazing. Yeah, it was um, it was a record that I I had heard of for a while. I think around the early two thousands is when it started to, um, at least from what I saw, that's when it started to really become critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. And I guess that the reason why they called it Spiderland is because the guitars were spidery, like metal guitars. Mm. Like David Paho was really influenced by metal and nice. a bunch of people say that if you speed up Spiderland, which i don't know anybody who's done that mm-hmm. but if you speed it up it basically sounds like mega death riffs hmm. well i'm gonna check that out so yeah i'd be i'd be really interested let me make a I, note make, make Spiderland good yeah <laughs> make it good and fast and hard yeah we speed it up and it's like hello me it's me yeah. hello me <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking dumb. i'm sorry i am so sorry i know megadeth technically rules and are awesome but jesus christ you don't have to be funny. i can't get over it and i can't yeah. get past it the vocals what am i supposed to think what <laughs> you know Oh yeah, God. every single every he does have like uh he does have a style and um yeah it works for it works for some of the things like Symphony of Destruction, I don't think would be the same without <laughs> Dave Mustaine's vocals. No, it wouldn't be the same. That's acting better. like a robot. <laughs> what he's talking yeah. about. Yeah. Just like the Pied Piper. Red uh, still the street. <laughs> He does have a funny, a funny voice. That's a symphony of destruction. <laughs> then you got to do the riff, you know, the That's like take a mortal man. Watch him become a god. Okay. Oh man! So what else has happened in the? We do almost, have a, nearly a month. We've been away. We do have records that we could talk about if we wanted yeah. to. Yeah, Did you want yeah. to talk about um, 
I don't usually bring up celebrity deaths because usually I'm uh-huh. kind of like, well, how does this really impact me? And the answer is nearly always in no way at all does this impact me. Like I'm sad for people's friends and family and like the standard loss and grief and all that I can empathize with and all that. But usually I'm not like, oh, wow, they meant a lot to me as an artist and stuff. But there is somebody that passed away that was just ubiquitous in my childhood. And I think everyone else is right. Pee Wee Herman, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think think Pee Wee Herman touched. uh, Yeah. Paul Rubens touched. Uh, so many different facets of my growing up, you know, like Mm -hmm. really big deal. Uh, And so, yeah, I don't know if I just wanted to shout out to Mr. Rubens. Sorry if I bumped you out. (laughs) Rest in peace, Paul Rubens. He definitely, uh, yeah, definitely provided some entertainment, man. R.I.P. We. R.I.P. We. (laughs) (laughs) r.i.p we only we could start laughing after saying r.i.p to something (laughs) ripperoo ripperino peace out girl scout (laughs) oh my god i never heard this is the eulogy i give (laughs) ripperoo ripperino peace out girl scout (laughs) see you on the see you on the flip-flop on the flippity flop. Yeah. I'll see uh, you when I'm also toast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what about these records? What about okay, yeah, you records. know the, the music that we're yeah. you know, I think we're still I mean we're still a show, right? Yeah, I mean at this point I think it really is what it, it's up to us. <laughs> I mean it used to kind of come in question but now it is really coming into question like yeah i don't think anyone's even expecting this episode (laughs) i i think they're all like well another podcast i listen to we we barely are yeah yep yep oh and maybe they're right maybe this episode will never come out uploading sporadically (laughs) means code word for failure Yeah. I guess it's two words. It's two code words for failure. Yeah. <laughs> Uploading and sporadically. <laughs> True. Oh, man. Uh, okay, well. Come on, everybody. It's record time. Uh, the first release we're going to talk about after these, you know, long, what, what is it? It's been like a month now, hasn't it? I think pretty much, yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk about my pick, which is Jeff Rosenstock. This is an album called Worry. Um, For those of you who are not familiar with who Jeff Rosenstock is, um, he's been in the quote unquote music industry (laughs) since uh, like, I don't know, 2000 and well, probably the early 2000s. He's the man behind Bomb the Music Industry and quote unquote records. So Bomb the Music Industry was uh, the group that Jeff was in from, I don't know, somewhere around 2000 and four to probably 2012 something like that or maybe maybe even like a little bit later than that uh but since then he's been putting out um solo records and um so bomb the music industry is the story behind jeff rosenstock is just as interesting as i think his music and that is he is among the first artists to put his music online for free 
um, quote unquote records operated as a digital DIY record label in the 2000s and it was purely donation based. And so they kind of, he kind of took the, um, I don't know, the mindset of like Ian Mackay and like, you know, Fugazi and they didn't sell any merch. They didn't have any physical copies of their records, but people could download them and make customizable covers and t-shirts and things like that. And they would actually encourage that. They would encourage people to bring like, paint and like a blank shirt to like shows and stuff like that. But since then, uh, Jeff Rosenstock started putting out solo records and he's actually on legit labels now and is actually touring. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> this is his second official record called Wari, which came out in 2015. And I just think it's absolutely amazing. It's, um, a record that I feel really sort of explores the human condition. And I feel like it touches upon a lot of subjects that people worry about, you know, worry is, I couldn't think of a better title for this record. You know, it talks about mental health. It talks about um, war, what it means to grow up, friendships growing apart, new friendships, talks about um, the fear of living in financial turmoil, talks about, you know, all of the um, the worries that are associated with living in a, a capitalist society with politicians that really don't, you know, give a shit about, you know, what you want to hear or what you're going through and pretty much just want, you know, wants to line your their pocketbooks, things like that. It's It's just, you know it really does talk about these sort of dark subjects, but I do feel like there's also definitely a glimmer of hope. You know, I think that he, um, there's, there's a, a part in the um, sort of narrative of the record where he's kind of like, at the end of the day, we'll kind of all be okay. As long as we we stick together and try to kind of heal one another, you know, and things like that in that, sense i kind of feel like it's sort of a record that is is kind of prophetic that you know it it really did kind of set the stage for what was going to happen in the future there was almost like a like a prediction a predictive element to it uh in a weird sort of way as far as the actual music i mean it really touches on a lot of different things at the end of the day, it definitely is, I would say, a punk rock record. But I mean, it really touches on hardcore indie rock, singer-songwriter stuff, folk music. There's little bits of Americana and ska, even glam. Even a little bit of like electronica is thrown in there. And I mean, it even has kind of like this sort of, you know, punk rock opera sort of feel to it. I think that the lyrics and themes are very pure. Um, yeah, he definitely, he talks about sort of growing up and learning to sort of take a look at yourself and try to be a better person and kind of what it means to be a better person. Like, at least that's kind of what, that, that's sort of what I'm getting out of it. But yeah, it, it's also like the music itself, I think is just very masterful. You can tell that Jeff is a, is a very great musician 
Uh, I mean, just an awesome musician. Uh, there's guitars, bass, drums, strings, keyboards, synths, some electronic drums, definitely some brass instruments, some horns. Uh, but yeah, overall, I mean, they all kind of work together to create these uh, great, like sort of, I guess, pop punk rock songs. And it just, I feel like it it's sort of an elevated version of like pop punk, I guess. But I don't know. I also feel like calling it pop punk almost, it's not, I, I don't think it's just a pop punk record. Um, I think honestly, there's a lot of, there's almost like something for everyone here. I, I just think it's a fantastic record. The mm. stuff that it reminds me of, Reggie and the Full Effect. Um, I would say even there's a little bit of an element of like they might be giants kind of going on. Mm -hmm. And then I would also say, you know, stuff like stuff that you would probably think of, like maybe like Lawrence Arms or The Loved Ones or even a little bit of like Rancid, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Uh, just fantastic. And um, yeah, I can't, I mean, honestly, I can't say enough good things about it. I've been listening to this record quite a bit lately. And uh, there's a really great documentary about Jeff Rosenstock and the history of bomb, the music industry on YouTube. If you just look up uh, like uh, bomb, the music industry documentary, and it's, it's just really inspiring to see somebody kind of, hold on to those ideals throughout his entire career and uh, really just put out what I think is just great music. So yeah. Um, Jeff Rosenstock, Worry. This is, um, you know, definitely been one of my favorite records lately. Um, what did you think, Eric? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really good. So from the jump, that's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Like, uh, from the first track, it's like, whoa, something else is going on here. It was very uh, theatrical in its own way. This is the first I've heard of uh, Jeff Rosenstock, including uh, everything that was a precursor to this or whatever. And I, I really liked it. I would say overall, I thought it was like a quirky sort of indie rock pop. Uh, it was punky. It also was like, like I already said, like theatrical and orchestral in ways at times. But yeah, it pretty much goes everywhere good within those realms. So like there's like elements of indie psych, soul music, new wave, ska, old school, hardcore, emo, power pop, all these different elements. But for the most part, I think it felt really unified and those elements were just part of a bigger sound not really like huge uh changes in style or whatever um but yeah i think for me at its core it felt like this was jeff rosenstock sort of like just paying homage to everything that they like you know just like all these elements uh and that came through uh really cool songs and arrangements really great performances uh i gotta say the bass player, the bass on this record. If you let yourself just listen to that, I should have looked it up. I'm not sure who played bass. John to Dominici. It's one of the most intuitive styles I've heard. I really loved it. They uh, held down the rhythmic element of it, played fills, supported the melody where it was needed. 
it's like a master class in how to make bass an interesting and integral part of a, of a performance. Anyway, uh, just an aside there. The production's really great. Yeah, vocally, I, I feel like Jeff Rosenstock uh, has a pretty good range of things. But to me, it felt like most of it was happening somewhere. And this would sort of be the scale. At one end would be Rivers Cuomo. And then in the middle would be Kevin Barnes of, of Montreal. And then all the way at the other end would maybe be like Jonah, the singer from Far. You know, like I think it runs the gamut of those kind of vocal styles. A lot of it um, kind of Rivers Cuomo sounding all the way through. It's a great listen. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed uh, We Begged to Explode. That was the first song. Uh, great opener. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I did really like a lot of this. Um, mm -hmm. I really like Wave Goodbye to Me. That yeah. Is... To be a ghost. They're all really cool songs. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, they're all, for the most part, pretty short. You know, there's some that push about four minutes, but for the most part, they're like under two minutes. Uh, and so the, the the record moves moves along really well. And it was super good. I I really enjoyed it. The things that reminded me of, and this is, I mean, this is the crux of my review, basically, is like, if you like these things, then whatever. But um, I would say Neutral Milk Hotel, uh, Bright Eyes mm -hmm. of Montreal, uh, Tripping Daisy, Modest Mouse. You know, I could, you can see where I'm going with all this. Mm -hmm. uh, Weezer, uh, actually, Br uh, Brian Wilson at times, mm -hmm. uh, Ben Folds. There is a sort of garagey sound, which made me think of raining sound. On a local level, some of the subject matter and delivery reminded me a lot of uh, Sam Locke Ward. But for the most part, honestly, I would say that if you took a snippet of any part of this record, it would remind me of The Rentals, which is doesn't seem like it would be the right answer, but <laughs> I don't know. The vocals, the synthesizers the way the songs move, especially the rentals uh, second record, the uh, seven more minutes. Uh-huh. It reminded me a lot of that record. So I could see that. Um, but yeah, I, I really thought this was cool. And uh, it, it's something, this is so stupid, but I've seen this album cover for uh, however many years at this point. Eight years. Yeah. For about eight years, I've seen this album cover and been like, whoa, that looks pretty good. I should check that out. So I'm glad that you picked it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Finally listened to it. But yeah, super good stuff.
Okay. And the reason I'm so obnoxiously clearing my throat is because I'm about to go the F off in my review. <laughs> so my record this episode, I was gonna say this week, but mm, let's be real, dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely this episode. It's gonna come out when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> um, so yeah, my pick uh for this episode was a group called Hot Graves. The record is called Plague Wielder, came out this year. So Hot Graves is from Gainesville, Gaines, Gainesville. No, they are from Gainesville, Florida. Uh, been around since 2008, but this is the first I've listened to them. I was pretty blown away by this. I, I found it was a pretty, like, astonishing blend of heavy styles an endless amount of styles mixed together. I would say there's aspects of thrash, like old school thrash, uh, black metal, industrial, party metal, symphonic black metal, D-beat, crust, maybe even elements of like the heavier side of glam, and also uh, some new wave of British heavy metal. So I know that was basically all the styles, but they're all there. They're all really there. Um, the vocals uh, are really cool, super aggressive, distorted. I found it to have like a really big sort of Al Jorgensen feel for the most part, but a little more guttural, getting into that death kind of uh, singing. Uh, yeah, but a really amazing second vocal comes in sometimes as well. Sometimes it's what you would expect, with which would be like a screamy, higher vocal over the regular vocal which does happen but sometimes it goes in like even more guttural death vocal under an already guttural death vocal so it gets real intense um the music it seems mostly interested in being stylistically like uncategorizable like not as a goal not an obvious goal but just just existing in that space of let's put in everything we love. Um, the guitar leads, they go as many places as all the styles I already said. So you'll have like classical inspired black metal solos, but then it goes into like really fast dive bomby Slayer type solos. Um, but then also into like the bluesy, thrash styles like suicidal or even like Kirk Hammett style solos when the guitarist is doing like a more of the rhythm styles it's got a really great combination of like stompy tight chugging stuff but then adds really complex and dissonant chords uh to give it you know more of a symphonic even almost emo-ish sound that dissonance you know I know that sounds not great to say emo but some of the the layering of the chords i mean it does have that 
element. The drums go from crusty D beats to blast beats to Tom heavy grooves to like straight thrash. Yeah, there's a lot of like black metal dungeon synth style organs that add a whole nother element to the record that you might not expect because to me, a lot of the time it does seem, I don't know, upbeat might sound a little silly, but I don't know. It, yeah, when you add the synths in, it takes this sort of a party element. I don't know how to say it, uh, but it, it grounds it, makes it darker, makes it heavier. And then the bass kind of ties it all together, uh, being like the only real constant, you know, uh, as far as the timbre and sound of the bass, but also the playing. It's just like really holding it all together. But yeah, I found this record to be really creative, fun, beautifully arranged and performed. And yeah, one of the most energetic and I don't know, just enjoyable metal records I've heard in a really long time. There were moments I was listening where I actually had to like pause it and just like shake my head in disbelief. Like just like, I can't believe they just pulled that off. But yeah, I can't wait to go back and hear more. And they do have a lot of things out. Like I said, spanning all the way back to 2008. Uh, I think every song on it was killer. Like really every song. But my favorites were probably uh, Infinite Glimmering Chasm, uh, which is the second song, which really does have a fun kind of sound to it. And like I said, I don't I feel weird saying elements of like heavy glam, but like there are moments that the riffs sound like Motley Crue or Wasp or something like they just do. And so that's super fun, in my opinion. I would say that, you know, my point of references for metal are not very deep and I'll admit that it's kind of like with hip-hop I know the stuff I know and like what I like but I'm not an expert by any means so the things I compare this to are going to be obvious <laughs> but you know what are you going to do so yeah I would say suicidal discharge ministry slayer possessed emperor and it reminded me a little bit of glass ox with that sort of like super metallic element to it like i don't know glass ox has that same sort of deal where it's like i don't know how to describe it it's like shiny it's like shiny metal you know <laughs> if that makes any sense um it's got some glean to it you know but yeah i can't really say enough about this i listened to it since we had some time off and we picked these records three weeks ago i've listened to it quite a few times and yeah i would say if you like pretty much anything heavy you're gonna find something in here that like kind of reminds you what you like about listening to heavy music so i don't know what do you think dan i thought it was really good i also have a very limited palette when it comes to metal uh that being said though uh to me this was just tight as hell black and well not just because it's like you said eric because i agree with pretty much everything you say i think this touches on a lot of different um elements of metal and i i think that they've done a really good job of almost like i don't know it's almost like an education in like different metal styles throughout the years mm -hmm. it's kind of like listening to this record uh but at the heart of it i i just thought this was like a really tight as hell blackened thrash metal record a lot of intense riffs a lot of really intense blast beats. The bass is awesome. Uh, some really 
really great intense vocals definitely has an old school metallic sort of hardcore feel but yeah a lot of it reminds me of just old school thrash mixed with like black metal but there's also i mean like you were saying there's a little bit of like a ambient synth kind of uh dungeon synth there's definitely elements of black metal um and, and as you said eric elements of kind of glam metal even like there are times where i i felt like i was listening to like a uh like a 80s judas priest record mm-hmm. like british steel or something yep. even like maiden and i think that's awesome because i feel like not a lot of and i can totally see where you're going with the party element sort of thing because that also made it really fun to listen to Mm-hmm. You know, like whenever they would kind of go into something like that. But yeah, there's just a lot of really great styles kind of thrown your way. The performance is tight as heck. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have much more to add to uh, what you said, Eric. I just think that this is, um, it's a really tight metal record. And as you said, I think that um, if you're a metal head of any kind, I, I don't see how you couldn't get into this record. You know, mm-hmm. it also shares uh, an album title with Dark Throne. Hmm. So I didn't know if you th- there's a Dark Throne album called wow. Blade Wielder. No, I didn't realize. Yep. And um, anytime there's an association with Dark Throne and metal, you know, that always gets a thumbs up from me. I, I doubt that that's I doubt they called it Plague Wielder because of Dark Throne. But I just uh, wanted to point that out because Plague Wielder is actually one of my favorite Dark Throne records also. Hmm. But yeah, uh, I can't even pick a favorite song off of this because I really think that it uh, works together as a cohesive piece so well. But if I had to pick a couple of tracks, I really like the opening track, Flashing Madness of Death. I remember Baptized in Brimstone, Mm -hmm. uh, Structural Violence, and um, also Infinite Glimmering Chasm. That might actually be my favorite one, actually. Yeah. I mean, the entire record is just fantastic. The stuff that it reminded me of, um, Shadows Fall, Emperor, for sure. A little bit of Judas Priest, a little bit of Maiden. I would say there are times where it actually reminded me of uh, Dark Throne. Uh, and then also, like, uh, it really kind of reminded me of, like, sort of the new crop of bands that we're seeing that that's kind of doing the style i definitely think they stand out from most of them but hot graves uh plague wielder definitely a really a really cool record so that's that's pretty much all i got <laughs> nice uh really fantastic uh to check out if you're into metal i think that it's definitely worth listening
uh, the local pick that we're going to talk about this episode. Keep it local. Is from a group called New Standards Men, and it's called Against Our Vanishings. Uh, they are an instrumental, I think mostly instrumental, if not all instrumental group from Dubuque, Iowa. And I'm not sure if this is the lineup with every record. Um, I know they've been around for a while and they have played a lot of shows, but um, this record anyway features Drew Bissell on bass, who used to actually play bass for Asif, um a long time ago. Hmm. Uh, Jeremy Bershaw, who plays guitar, Bob Boko Jr., who's on saxophone and percussion, who I know you're familiar with, Bob Bucko. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I've listened to some of his stuff. Really, really interesting. He has some solo work that's definitely worth checking out. And then Ike Turner on drums. This is definitely a really, really cool record. It consists of two, two tracks. The first one is 16 minutes and 13 seconds long. Second one is 18 minutes and 47 seconds. And the first one is called Thundercloud and Aquamarine. And the second is Bony Lunar Dust. And the best thing that I can say, and Eric, you might actually have some more insight and maybe, maybe some more stuff that you can uh, say about the style of this record, but hmm. it's just got a lot of really, really cool atmosphere. There's a lot of elements of sort of instrumental indie rock. There's definitely some stuff that reminds me of drone, uh, reminds me a little bit of maybe sludgy metal. It it really is a uh, a record that I think sort of the 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 sound the sounds that you're hearing there's a lot of movement with it uh you know there's a lot of sort of areas where it builds up and then kind of slows down builds up slows down so it kind of has almost like a cinematic sort of feeling to it in that sense a little bit of um sort of psychedelic elements to it there's, you know, like Bob Bucko's saxophone, especially towards the end of the first track, is absolutely amazing. That's where I kind of feel like maybe there's a certain element of improvisation going on uh, because it really does kind of give out sort of a free jazz sort of feel. I also feel like this record is very tightly controlled in a lot of ways as well. You know, I assume there's probably an element of improvisation and maybe it, maybe it's all even improvisation. I don't know. Maybe, like I said, Eric, maybe you have a little bit more insight as into that, but um, mm -hmm. I certainly think that it's, it's just a really, really cool record. I wish I could really say more about it, but when it comes to like, the sort of instrumental droney rock stuff. I'm, I'm very limited and like what, what I know about it and how to describe things, but I will say it's a very, very cool record. And I had a blast listening to it and uh, it was very inspiring. And both songs, uh, both tracks are absolutely amazing. It just works together 
so well. Um, as far as stuff it reminded me of, I mean, Godspeed, you Black Emperor, a little bit of Tristeza. Uh, there were moments of it that really reminded me of like J.G. Thurwell, um, especially like the Venture Brothers soundtrack. Moments of it kind of reminded me a little bit of, um, I don't know, Juno. I don't know that it's it's really hard to say. Um, and that's kind of one of the things I really like about it is uh, I like the fact that I kind of struggle to explain this record, you know, because um, to me, that just makes it all the more interesting. And I think it's if you're into this kind of stuff, this sort of like spacey instrumental rock, but then also elements of drone elements of of free jazz, maybe even a little bit of noise yeah i i think that uh you could definitely uh enjoy this record for sure great job new standards man this is uh really fantastic stuff what did you think eric i love this um yeah i've not heard new standards men up to this point i didn't really know this is what they did and so i'm glad that uh you suggested we listen to it i think you mentioned this but it listed at, at Bandcamp that this uh, is a Denver, Colorado-based band, which we could still consider local. But yeah, a lot of the folks are from oh. Iowa or still live here. So that, I don't know. Maybe it's just one or two of the members that live in Denver. Not sure. But huh. yeah, like you pointed out, a lot of the people are either from Iowa or even still live here. So yeah, I liked, uh, these are kind of like just long form sort of uh I don't know, immersive, kind of ambient, dark jazz kind of stuff. I would say there's, yeah, like I said, there's elements of dark jazz, post-rock, no wave. Yeah, the songs move, uh, you know, as you would sort of expect them to move. They start out mellow and slow, uh, build to a crescendo, and then usually kind of taper down from there. But what makes this a little different is, it goes a little further than sort of just being uh, ambient. Uh, it does get a little heavier in a very post-rock sort of way. The guitars even get to a distorted point at some moments. But yeah, still played basically like single note arpeggios through chords and things like that. Never really just like power chord heavy metal or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it's super, like I said, immersive, moody. It's kinetic in its own way. Like it just builds upon itself throughout the tracks. And even though I said that it does taper off at the end of these two tracks, it's not like the sort of uh, crescendo or pinnacle of the song is in the center and then you go all the way down. No, it builds up exponentially and then just kind of uh, resolves at the end um, on both of these pieces. But yeah, I would say that, uh, you know, it's like elements of like Godspeed style post-rock, uh, elements of like Twin Peaksy kind of dark jazz. But yeah, uh, I don't know how, you know, what else there really is to add to that. That I mean, that is exactly kind of what's happening. Uh, all the performances are great. All the tones are great. The production is great. Nothing distracts you from the mood and the the environment and you just are sort of living in that space for you know 14 16 minutes whatever it is 
Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was really cool. I'd love to see this performed live. And I, I think uh, Bob Bucko's uh, saxes are really cool. It seems like they might be out of place when you first start these tracks thinking, oh, you know, there's going to be a sax pretty soon. And I've seen Bob do a lot of like noisier saxophone stuff too. So I was like, oh, is he just going to come in and blast some noise? But no, uh, he does exactly what the song calls for and keeps it in that sort of dark jazz place. So uh, things that are reminded me of, obviously, like Angelo Badalamente, Twin Peaks kind of stuff. Mogwai, uh, especially the Come On Die Young record. Boren and Der Club of Gore, sort of that dark jazz kind of thing. I would say also within that realm, the Mount Fuji Doom Jazz Corporation, which if you like dark jazz stuff, is really cool. As far as the post-rock stuff, like I said, Mogwai, Russian Circles, maybe the more aggressive side of the guitars like Set Fire to Flames. But honestly, at its core, the thing that this reminded me of the most was Tuxedo Moon. And I don't know if it was just the tone of the saxophone and what else was happening. But yeah, if you're into Tuxedo Moon, I think it'll really dig this as well but yeah really cool release uh if they come around i'm gonna make sure to go see them i really enjoyed this so yeah good pick man Well, I stand corrected. (laughs) I thought new standards men was from Dubuque, but apparently they're from Denver. Oh, yeah. And I had a good time reviewing Hot Graves and Jeff Rosenstock and new standards men with my friend Eric Whitaker. Eric Whitaker. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thanks just... for listening to Accelerative <laughs> Thrust. Two wow. guys with beards reviewing music all day. Damn. You have a beard anyway. now? Can I see on the video? Oh sure. Uh I I thought I had one. Uh hold on a second. See? Uh, oh yeah, there's your beard. Nice. Kinda a little bit. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. It. 
nice. But uh, anyway, yeah, thanks. <laughs> what what have, what have we learned today, Eric? Uh, I guess I learned that we're living in a musical. <laughs> okay, yeah, we're living in a musical. That's that was definitely made clear by the Jeff Rosenstock album. Well, and and you singing. <laughs> Oh yeah, I guess is that is that what really gave it away? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, yeah. So we're living in a musical, and oh living yeah, in a musical, living in a musical. <laughs> and then there's also um, how to drive people away from uh, Iowa. Yeah, so, we talk about all abscess passes. All abscess passes. Hey, you know, one of the things that really got me uh, back, you know, interested in Garfield again was when they started doing the uh, Garfield minus Garfield. Yeah, that, yeah, it's great. It's it awesome. It just makes John look like a lunatic. Uh, yeah, like uh, Garfield's not there. He's just yeah. John Arbuckle's just like talking to himself. Yeah, yeah. it is way better. It I, is. I think it's better. I think so too. And I mean, I mean, Jim Davis had a lot of success. I don't think he's going to be frustrated if I'm like, you know, your original <laughs> idea was actually super shitty. I don't think he's going to care what I think. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I enjoyed, I definitely enjoyed the Garfield books. And yeah. uh, once in a while, I still find myself kind of enjoying like an episode of Garfield and Friends or something. That was part of my yeah, Saturday I was thinking about watching ritual. that uh, again. I saw it was on, on TV somewhere. Uh -huh. Is U.S. Acres like the sideshow on that one yep yep okay. with orson the pig yeah. and yeah. uh i i always liked u.s acres i thought it was pretty funny like yeah. farm animals that always had some sort of conflict going on yeah i really like the idea of having a secondary show within your show yeah i like that maybe too. we should do that on here like <laughs> like what's gonna be our brown hornet you know like when you need to figure that out we could call it the Brown Hornet. Yeah, well, I think that one might be taken. Is Although, it? you know, I don't think Bill Cosby's probably using it right now. Was that a Bill Cosby thing? It was the Fat Albert secondary cartoon. Oh, what? I don't remember that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they did it every episode, but they would go into a sort of a Brown Hornet episode sometimes. I there remember some other ones. Uh, well, I remember Scooby-Doo had the... Um, they sometimes would have like the <clears throat> special guest shows, like where mm. it's like um, Batman and yeah, you know, like the Harlem Globetrotters. I always thought right. that was great. I was thinking more like like Heathcliff had a oh yeah yeah another, it was like the junkyard one, the junkyard cats. Yeah, the the really yeah. like shaggy cats. Yeah, yeah, I remember what the that. Fuck was that called? It had the yeah, the, I don't the remember rapping guy that rhymed had, had uh -huh. roller skates ain't no way in this kind of place you'll find a cat with this kind of face yes yes yeah. i don't remember it um yeah 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 i i mean i i remember it but i don't remember what the title of it is heathcliff yeah. was like the the one show that like you were only able to <clears throat> well not the one show there was like a whole slew of shows on nickelodeon that you only saw if you like were sick you know from school <laughs> because like yeah. Because Heathcliff was on like at noon or something. And then Inspector Gadget, I remember Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Dennis the Menace. 
Dennis all those things. The Menace. Dennis the Menace. But you yeah, know, that, the live action Dennis the Menace is really funny. Like for real. <laughs> really? I, I watched an episode the other day and I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, I think what's his name? Jay North, maybe, or something like that. Uh-huh. His performance is really good, actually. You know, um, you know, one of those old shows that I really like is Mr. Ed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Ed's pretty good. That show is great. Did you ever see the Ween video where they uh somebody like uh took footage of like uh Mr. Ed and uh made a music video to Stallion Part Two? No. Mm-mm. Oh, really? Mm. No, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. All right. Do you remember Stallion Part Two off of the pod? Uh yeah. God, anyway. my f- my favorite song off the pod though is probably Got an awesome sound. Got an awesome sound. Going round. Got got that awesome sound going down. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> you don't like the pod, then get out of yeah. here. Yeah. Then you blew it. You blew it. You blew it. You subhuman. <laughs> subhuman. Uh, All right. Well, I think that right. we had a... <laughs> I think we had a we had a good run. We had a good run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Y'all, yeah, thanks uh, for joining us for the last episode. Thanks for joining us. Oh man. Ugh. Bye. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I did want to say though. Uh, since uh, you know we've been kind of sporadic uh, with the releases and. Uh, I think we're going to get back on track. We're going to try, of course. Um, but anyway, I was going to say that you should subscribe to the podcast where you listen to it. And I'm not saying this like, ooh, make sure to smash that like, you know. But seriously, since we're not coming out every week, if you subscribe, then you will be alerted when there is a new episode and you don't have to like worry about it. So I just wanted to throw that out. That Yes, uh, that is yeah. Really great idea. Anyways. All right, man. Okay. Well, until next time, we will see you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ripperoo, Ripperino. Peace out, Girl Scout. <laughs>